Welcome to Razzle Frat. We're back to talk books, coffee, pop culture, and more. I'm Ashton. And I'm Allie. Um, hello again. It has been approximately, what, two days since I saw you last? Yeah, just about. Um, so we're gonna just, uh, we're gonna jump right in today because we're starting very late, um, because of me. Um, for many reasons, but mostly technical difficulties, um, because my life is just one big technical difficulty these days. But, um, how are you doing since I last saw you, um, parting ways at Penn Station? Good lord. I did not think I would be back to Penn Station so quickly after we bid each other adieu at Penn Station. Um, it was kind of a crazy weekend for me and Allie and our friend Megan, um, friend of the pod. Megan, we had a beach vacation planned, um, and we never got to our destination, our original destination. R.I.P. Yes, R.I.P. indeed. We wanted to go to Myrtle Beach, but because the pilot was late and then due to inclement weather, our flight was canceled after we sat on the tarmac for a about four hours due to lightning. They like legally couldn't move the plane. Um, so our flight was canceled. We weren't able to get another one back out. Mine, Allie's bags got quarantined on the ramp, air quotes, the ramp for literal days. <laughs> and we just got them back yesterday, which was about mm, 72 hours from when we dropped them off at baggage. Um, we tried to make it the most of the weekend. That was, and that was 72 hours. I don't know. Friday, Saturday, Saturday. Sunday, Sunday, and Monday. We didn't, yesterday was Tuesday. Right. Um, 96 hours. <laughs> Four days. Oh my God. What is this? Criminal minds? Four days. Yeah, I know. Um, Four days. <laughs> the first 48 when our bags went missing. <laughs> um, we, we just never gave up hope. <laughs> we got them back unharmed. Um, but four days late, we went to Atlantic City instead um, because we are local to New Jersey, like New York. So that was we we salvaged what we could. We went dancing. We had frozen daiquiris on the beach, and we did some reading on the beach. Um, it's not as fun as it sounds, but we tried to make the best. Of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I, happened to us this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't even know what to add to that. You kind of said it all. Um, <laughs> I mean, we could talk for a long time about it, but we told no. ourselves we wouldn't. Yeah. I think we've given it enough of our attention. Yeah. Um, I officially, Ashton was gracious enough to give me my bag back today because she went to New Jersey to retrieve it yesterday. So um, I'm just getting mine and I'm packing it up tomorrow to go <laughs> away for Memorial Day weekend. Just um, in time. And I'm not a girl that likes to live at of a suitcase. Um, not saying I don't like to travel, but I am definitely high maintenance. So um, uh, it's been it's been weirdly rough for me. But I do have some good news on my life updates. Um, so officially after late Labor Day, Memorial Day weekend, I will be starting my first official foray, you know, a foray into the publishing world. Um, I'm not going to disclose where I'm interning, but I've snagged a summer internship in so I'm not going to just be like some student just roaming the world and questioning life. That's We'll save that for the fall. <laughs> um, so that's exciting. I'll be back on the grind of six days a week between that and my job that helps pay rent. But I'm excited. 
Um, That's really exciting. I mean, publishing is, I think we said it before on the podcast, but it's like you have to have an internship or two. Like, that's a basic requirement for entry-level jobs, which is shitty, but it's the way it is. So it's a really exciting break. It really is. I'm just picturing that movie, which I haven't seen, but I know the preview of, like, um, The Intern, where it's like Robert De Niro is the intern, and he's, like, 70. And... It's like his whole he reports like twenty year olds, and I feel like that's gonna be me, just like the seventy year old grandpa, just dealing with the fact that he's the oldest intern there. I'm not saying I'm seventy, but um, in my heart of hearts, I am possibly Robert De Niro. So um, <laughs> yeah, you might be the oldest intern there, but you never know. I went when I did my internship, we had someone who was like thirty seven, um, and thirty seven. No. no, you are not thirty seven. Um, so, yeah, I'm so excited. It's going to be so great. Yeah, I'm so glad you're so excited. I'm tired, so I'm just like, you know, it's uh, it's Wednesday night here. and um, <laughs> After. Because, yeah, because my apartment, probably hear the background noise of my beautiful old um, fridge. I turned off the fan because I don't have my air conditioner in, and uh, so I'm, I'm already feeling it. So I'm feeling a little sluggish. It's not even summery out, though. It's like, it's spring. It's an actual spring day. It was nice today. I'm just cranky. Um, Yeah, I'm not going to explain that one. Um, So (laughs) those are our life updates. But uh, good news is, despite being stuck on the tarmac for four hours, I did finish a whole book. So um, um, what have you been uh, reading? I guess I'll let you go first on updates. Yeah, so I finally, I can't remember. I think that I mentioned this is when I wanted to start or had just started last episode. Um, the Stand by Stephen King. I finally finished that godforsaken book. How big was it? Um, I didn't physically read it. I listened to it. Um, and it was 48, yeah, 48 or 49 hours on audio. And for non-audiobook listeners, I would say a typical is like between 8 and 14. Like I would say like 14 to 15 is like on the longer end. This one was 48. So this was a missing child yes 48 hours later (laughs) um even listening to it on 1.5 speed it was insane but it was good so maybe i'm kind of crazy for doing this but it's stephen king's like plague book it's about um a super flu of you know a fatal super flu epidemic that wipes out 99 of the population of the united states well and the and globally we assume but you only it only focuses on the united states because the usa is the only thing that matters apparently usa anyway um so that's where I was like really horrified and thought like Stephen King like really was doing some of his best work like there are two people who are in New York City and after like basically 99% of the city has died they have to like leave New York on foot through the Lincoln Tunnel and the tunnel is like crowded with cars with like dead and decaying bodies in them and they have to like travel through the tunnel without electricity and around all those things to like get out of the city and reading that and like listening to that I actually thought was like horror like that could potentially happen it felt very real and living in new york i thought it was fucking scary um then it got weird um as king does um and like all of the survivors like this one percent of survivors in the super flu are like psychic and they all start having 
similar dreams of this really old black woman in Nebraska called Mother Abigail. And she's like, come to me. And so they travel on foot all separately, but they like all merge together in Boulder, Colorado. And then those are like, that's the good people. And then there's like an evil side of humanity that like assembles under Randall Flagg in Las Vegas. Anyway, it's called The Stand. They have to stand up. It's like good versus evil, blah, blah, blah. Um, But the first third of the book where it's just the plague part, I thought was like excellent writing, very eerie. And then I watched both adaptations and the 1994 adaptation has Rob Lowe, mm-hmm. a young Rob Lowe. Was this scrumptious. pre-sex tape or post-sex tape? I think it's post. I don't know, 94. I'd have to look it up, but... Yeah, I think that was in the 80s. Yes. Scrum diddly umptious. <laughs> Love him. Anyway, so that was like my major book accomplishment. What have you been reading? Um, different things, but... I- <laughs> I just want to I want to say that when you said they walked through the Lincoln Tunnel, immediately my mind went to Elf when he goes, and then I walked through the Lincoln Tunnel. So then you started talking about all these corpses and stuff they had. And I'm just picturing Buddy the Elf having to walk through the Lincoln Tunnel with, like, dead people. Um, God, that's like Krampus or something right there. Um, yeah, I did not read anything like that. I read Three Women by Lisa Tadeo and it's actually it's technically nonfiction um, where she she shadows the lives of three separate women in uh, different points in their lives different classes um, and different ages and I'll just give a quick rundown but like the one is 23 year old Maggie who is living through a trial um, of her assault against or from the uh, her old high school teacher whom she had an affair with and it's complicated because it wasn't like full like intercourse affair but there was some things and it was very very emotionally attached and um and that's in Fargo and then is that South Dakota? North mm-hmm. Dakota. Um, South. Mm, my lack of geography <laughs> is showing. Um, and then and the next one is Lena, who is a very disillusioned, unhappy housewife who um, basically just like wants to be fucked. And her husband refuses to touch her, doesn't even want to kiss her. Like at one point, she's like talking to like her women's group, and she's like, "I just want to be French kissed." Does anybody like remember when you were a teenager and you just wanted to make out all the time like I just want to be French kissed that's what she said. she's very like childish ways of thinking about sex sometimes but like it makes sense from her upbringing when you read about it and so she reconnects with her old high school sweetheart whom by the way dumped her after she got gangbanged um when she was yikes uh, drugged and um anyway so there's history there and then um the third one is like some rich woman in her 40s living in like essentially an open marriage but it's not really open whereas like the husband just chooses who she fucks and like likes to either be there and watch or have her record it so he can watch later it's an interesting thing and it's like um it gets irritating for me because she's very like just disconnected with the world and like her privilege and just like thinks that like she's like so cool and edgy because she has this unconventional marriage and la 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 and um yeah she irritated me the most that character but all three women um definitely show different ways that society 
view sexuality in women and how quick society is to label women that are just sexual in general um, as sluts or negatively or I mean I or to take the blame like I know that with uh, the the one the open marriage woman um, she was one of the guys she brought in was a guy that they thought was like kind of sleeping around anyway and like technically he wasn't married but he had like a woman and kids and like they had a tumultuous relationship anyway and um she thought the woman knew she thought the woman knew because she asked her she's like does she want to join us sometime because like she does swinger stuff and like that's when she realized she didn't and so when it blew up in her face and she talked to the woman the wife whatever she was like you know you should know better she's like you're the woman in the relationship like you should know better and it's and it's like why do you put that response responsibility on women um and then the same thing with the girl on trial like people were coming at her like saying things that she'll do for money and i'm like I'm like this is a 23 year old girl that is literally her father committed suicide like after he found out the whole story like she's dropped out of school she can't hold a job she like literally is spiraling because of this you think she wants his money like no like this she just wants to sleep at night so i don't know it's very interesting um it wasn't what i expected in that like it wasn't like this revolutionary feminist book but um i do enjoy tadeo's writing believe it or not my favorite passages were actually about her mother which were in the beginning and the end which are quite sad but anyway um yeah that's uh that's the book that i finished and then uh i don't know if we want to talk about any other books because you only talked about the stand right yeah um are you reading anything else right now yeah, um, briefly, I'll just say I'm reading a book, a nonfiction book, which is a big deal for me because I don't read a lot of nonfiction. Yeah, nonfiction sucks. Yeah. Reality sucks. Also, I didn't realize Three Women was nonfiction. I thought it was a novel I this neither. whole time. So. I didn't either until I read the intro. Does it read like a novel? Um, yeah. Yeah, it does. Interesting. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm reading a book called Entangled Life. And get this, the guy's name, I fucking love it, is Merlin Sheldrake. Oh my god, he's a wizard. <laughs> Literally. And he is a, oh my gosh, I think the term is mycologist. He like studies fungi and mushrooms. No, it sounds weird and gross, but it is so interesting. He's a brilliant writer. He is like making me care about fungi. Like I'm coming away from this book. I'm like, yeah, people don't give them enough credit they're incredible um they basically sustain our entire ecosystem and our planet talking about fungus like it's like a race of people okay but so here's the thing he like bends your perception of like what is plant and what is animal and like thinking about like fungi don't have brains the way animals and people do (laughs) i know it's a podcast you can't see me but i'm like very animated about this and they like play with our perception of like what is intelligence and what is intelligent life because they can problem solve and like go through mazes the way rats can they will like grow to like adapt i don't know they're amazing and this guy is making me care about them like they are like my pets i'm like very interested in this book and it's beautifully written so i highly recommend it it's um entangled life by merlin sheldrake plus that name is just fucking awesome and his author photo he's got like dark curly hair and like a scarf like i think he's british I'm obsessed with this man, and his like. He's got <laughs> I just think he's so cool. His name is cool. His line of work is cool. Like, I'm not a scientist because I'm dumb and can't do math. Um, and my mind doesn't really think that way. But he like breaks it down into 
like terms that like an English major will understand, which I appreciate. And it's very literary in a lot of ways. So I don't know. I feel like, and I've been reading it a lot outside, like yeah. surrounded by like trees and stuff in the park. So I don't know. I think it's like very interesting and um, I recommend it. It's like light nonfiction. Yeah. Catch Ashton this, uh, this summer, naked in the park with the woods, um, running through the trees. <laughs> with my fungi friends. <laughs> who are clearly smarter than us. Um, Dude, they're smarter uh, than me, I bro. Mean, I fully believe there are people stupider than mushrooms out there, so. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. That's cool, though. Um, did you pick that up for work? Is that why? No, I I came across it in the Chelsea Market bookstore, the Post books yeah. it's like on their like notable nonfiction and like has been for a while and I saw it and the cover is very striking and like colorful and the subtitle I can't think of it right now but the subtitle is like oh interesting it's all about how like fungi change our minds and shape our world or something like that and drugs yeah that but also just like <laughs> a lot of but there is like a whole chapter on like psilocybin and LSD and magic mushrooms so it's really interesting so I've been seeing it for a while and I finally like picked it up from the library well, you know that's what I put in my coffee every morning adaptogens yeah i love adaptogens mushrooms uh, mushrooms. yeah well very cool um i am i'm not reading anything that smart um i just uh i i just started um collection of stories by sandra cisneros um i'm sorry if i pronounced that incorrectly the house on mango street it was on this list that i saw a while ago of like um books to read women to read um before they turn 30 i'm not close to 30 but i'm closer than i'd like so i started this list um, i've heard it's excellent she's so interesting because she's not necessarily a prose writer she's a poet mm-hmm. and um she talks about that how like she went into poetry and she went to the iowa workshop and she worked in poetry but uh, i guess a group of them did like short story collections just because they were like up all night or something um i forget the scenario but i think it's always interesting when someone in the writing field um creates in a different section yeah. like when a poet writes prose or when a vice versa um so she's just writing about her life in uh where she grew up on mango street and stuff like that and it's really cool i really can't elaborate more on that because my mind is slowly disintegrating as i speak <laughs> um but yeah and then i also finally finished um the city we became did you like it jemison i did i enjoyed it a lot i've heard really good things it's it's fabulous in that yes it's sci-fi fantasy um like there's like an alien entity type thing and there's like otherworldly powers and senses and there's like a quest and the battles and there's that element to it but it's rooted in reality to new york right yeah it's in new york and i think what's so fascinating about it is that they take the um the dangers of reality and capitalism and gentrification and 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 new yorkness because that's a big thing um, in the book, and they they blow them up from concepts to tangible things, and um, it's kind of just consuming this book to be honest it's slow on the pickup because there's a lot you kind of have like if you've ever read sci-fi or fantasy if you're just thrown into it you're like what the fuck is going on but i really enjoyed it i mean once i got into it very hard to put down and i'm looking forward to um the sequel i think it's coming out this summer or fall it's coming out this year though um and i look forward to reading your other stuff too 
and so yeah yeah I don't know I've heard good things about it but I just don't know if it's up my alley but it seems like it's not like any kind of like it's not your typical sci-fi fantasy I think you would enjoy the audio probably yeah it's a book that I can see you listening to on audio Mm -hmm. and then um and speaking of audio we're gonna we're gonna segue smoothly into what we want to kind of talk about today um one of our fun topics today uh we're having a discussion that i promise i won't be an asshole about um audiobooks versus print books because audiobooks are growing in um favor with a lot of readers um they're bringing in non-readers to the uh book world and um you read, listened, whatever, um, to the stand mm-hmm. on audio. So you can single-handedly attest to what it's like to listen to audiobook. Um, I will do my best. I have tried and failed to listen to audiobook, and I will explain that later. So um, if you want to kick us off on why, uh, what you like about audiobooks and, yeah. you know, what, I what feel like... Feel? I feel like a caveat we should say before we start is that, like, we're talking about, like, us personally, and I think, like, audiobooks, like, can be, like, the only way that certain, like, groups of people can read. Like, if you're blind, like, and you don't want to read Braille, like, you can read an audiobook, and, like, that is, like, not, like, the route in which we're, like, speaking, like, on the merits of them. Obviously, like, that's great, but, like, personally... We have very different takes on, like, our how we like to read personally, but I'll just, like, throw that caveat out there. Yeah. Like, audiobooks are, like... I'm very glad they exist, and they're great for... All different readers. All yeah. different readers. We're just speaking today personally about how we feel about them and our yes, reading lives. Yes, and full disclosure, I am um, a self-proclaimed book snob, and... Uh, as you can tell by my tone most of the time, <laughs> I am sarcastic a lot, so please do not take to heart half the things that I say. I will try to keep myself in check today. Yes. Um, okay, I will start us off by saying, I. so actually the reason that I got into audiobooks was Bookstagram. I never picked up an audiobook until I joined Bookstagram. Really? Um, and saw like major Bookstagrammers reading on audio, and I was... Like, like you at first, I was like, no, like audiobooks not for me. I just can't. And then I can't remember what the first one I read was, but it took me a few books to get into it because like not every book is good on audio. But now I'm like hooked on audiobooks, and I always have a regular book, um, like a print version and an audiobook going. Um, I just let it. You can. So I'm a big walker. We've talked about that before. I will often go on like hours long walks in my free time. Um, and I love being able to, like, walk and read at the same time. Like, if you're not walking in a straight line with no obstacles, you can't, like, walk and read a print book. Or I can't because I'm fucking clumsy and I trip. Um, so I really like being able to multitask and, like, go out for a walk in the park and, like, still listen to a book. Or I will, like, cook and listen to an audiobook. Or I've even, like, knit a sweater and listen to an audiobook. Um, and so that's, like, my me time for the day. Um, so I like it because it allows me to do other things. That's like the first thing that I like about it. And I have more, but I will I will cede the floor. <laughs> I yield my time. <laughs> yeah. So I I'm not an audiobook person. Um, I've made fun of Ashton countless of times for it. Um, 
I but I actually do respect people that read audiobooks. I understand the appeal. I understand the usefulness um, and the accessibility it provides for people. I just can't get into it. Um, I'm one of those people that I I loved loved having a book in my hand um, growing up. I. I liked the physical barrier, what that says about me and the need for therapy. You can deduce on your own, but um, I like the barrier between people. I like having something that kind of says, I'm busy right now, do not approach me. Don't fuck with me. (laughs) Um, And then as I got older, probably around like 13 is when I really started writing. Um, I fell in love with the concept of writing and... um, and the written word itself. So that paired with reading, I think is why I'm more drawn to the physical books because I like to see the way people string words together. And I love how certain types of writing can be melodious. Like I will be the first one to tell you that growing up, one of my favorite books it was actually Lolita. And that's controversial because like I read that as a teenager and like it wasn't to be pretentious to say, oh, I've read Nabokov. It's like, and it sounds terrible. And I know some people say it's not a justification that if he writes beautifully, the story is still terrible. I mean, for me though, it was, it was something that like I didn't throw up reading this book because he wrote so beautifully. And so I think that showcases the power of written word and um, it's the appeal to it. As for audiobooks, uh, I tried once. I tried once because Ashton kept bugging me. And, do you remember which um, book you tried? Yeah, I do. And uh, it was Pride and Prejudice because I was like, it's a book I like. Let me see if I can give it a go. I hated it. I hated it. I'm one of those people, it took me a long time to even get into podcasts, ironically. Um, I'm one of those people that I have a hard time focusing on one thing or another if I have something, like, like, I can have multi, I'm a good multitasker. Like, I can listen to music and read a book at the same time. I, I can sometimes, if I listen to the same playlist while I read a certain book, I can hear those songs later in life and think of that book. So... I'm one of those people that can definitely do that. So if I were to listen to a book and go on a walk, you can bet your ass that I'm not paying attention fully to the book that I'm listening to. I'm watching the squirrel dry hump like a tree over there. Like I'm not good at paying attention to things um, unless I have to physically sit down with it and and, for, and force myself. And audiobooks, because they free free you up to do things with your hands and your, your eyes and stuff, <laughs> I'm doing great here. Um, I can't do it. I found that I just zone the fuck out. And like, also, I think it it stems from growing up as a child, uh, being read to, to go to sleep. So my brain will hear someone reading a book and I automatically fall asleep. Because I think I remember when I was in, I think it was AP history in high school. And the textbook was just this huge chunk of and um, this one girl in my class that I was friends with, she was like, I found this uh, I found this thing online that has it all recorded. So you just have to listen and like you can retain it. And I was like, oh, that's perfect. I can do other stuff while I, li-. I fell right asleep. <clears throat> I felt like lulled me to sleep. And granted, it was history, but I've tried and failed many times. So I am a print book girl through and through. I 
think I so I will say I didn't say this before I do not read literature or anything super serious on audio the Be- plague stuff isn't serious it is but it's like it's genre fiction right like it's there's so much fluff in it (laughs) like fiction which is totally valid and obviously i fucking love that shit but i will say like you don't have to pay attention like i I, you know things that you don't have to pay attention to as intently like romance books or like a stephen king book where he's just like going on for pages and pages and pages about like fucking nothing things where you can zone i mean i love him but come on man they're like where you can zone out a little bit and then come back to the moment and be like oh and like you pick it up and you can fill in the blanks those are the kind of books i listen to on audio um i don't i don't listen to like things that i would want to annotate like or like literature like tony morrison or the grapes of wrath like those kinds of things (laughs) i read more than that but like those are the ones that came to mind i don't read those on audio because i like to physically hold it and see the way like you said like the way the sentences are strung together the words that they do sometimes there are like visual elements on the page that don't translate to audio like the way the paragraphs are written especially poetry um so i really will just like light-hearted books or books that you don't have to like hear or read every word is what i typically read on audio yeah i i would counter that though i have heard um for people recommending uh audiobooks they say that sometimes for classics and and those kind of books that you mentioned that you don't read through audio um are like sometimes easier for people that aren't natural readers because uh it's the tone and the way those old-fashioned words are uh pronounced and, and just the flow of it sometimes it's hard to like read and, and and grasp that with the um just the gap of the english language of back then versus now and the way we speak and understand english now um i'm not saying we're dumber but uh i definitely think the the colloquialism um has has taken a hold of general language and so it's a lot harder to say have you ever read shelley um and read frankenstein that bitch just loves to write the biggest word she can find and granted she was like 19 so like if you read like you know any stuff that you wrote when you're like 19 um for like an essay you're like damn i thought i was the smartest kid in the room but it looks like i just literally copy and pasted a thesaurus into this thing and you know but it's like a thesaurus from the 1800s so <laughs> you know it's a bit hard to kind of get through so a lot of people uh from what i've heard recommend that for audio starters um like if you want to read classics and do it through audio but i don't know um i'm not advocating for one or the other i guess uh i think i just wanted to like ask for your opinion on it because i know i joke but um you know i would have loved to be able to maybe someday maybe when i'm older or something i can handle listening to audio like i would get through hella more books i'm gonna get through a decent amount now but i would get through so many more books at once if i could also my back would probably not hurt as much because i'd take a book with me everywhere i remember one time i went to a rangers game with my dad and i always bring a book with me no matter where i go mm-hmm. and i'm sitting there waiting for him to get back with our drinks and I'm sitting in the seat and I pull my book to read and he sits down and he goes did you bring a fucking hardcover book <laughs> it was like a big yeah, chunker to, to a Rangers game and I was like it's intermission <laughs> like, <laughs> and he's like you carry that giant ass book I was like it's what I'm reading right now like 
I don't even think about it, but I realize like I probably could like walk around with hella cute purses if I didn't <laughs> lug around these chunkers with me all the time. No, I've literally said that. Like anytime like <laughs> like when we get a cute person at work and like the mini purses are really in style right now and I can't because I always have to take my fucking wallets bigger than most of them anyway. But besides that, I've always got like a book or two on me at all times. Yeah. Plus my audiobook library like on my phone. Like I always have a book with me because you never know, especially in New York, like if your train's going to be delayed an hour and you're in between stops so you can't get off or, you know, like you just never know like what where your day's going to yeah. take you. So like I always have a book with me. Um, but I think the other thing that I'll say is that so one time... <laughs> I've so I've read I've only done this once like I'm gonna make this as like a pro in for audiobooks but I will say I've only done it like a couple of times maybe twice um is listen to like a hashtag own voices novel read by the author so it's Whoa. literally the author's voice like it takes like own voices to like a whole new level so the book that I did this with was the Undocumented Americans by um, Carla Cornejo Villavicencio, which is the best nonfiction book I've ever fucking read in my life. I love that book. I love it so much. I listened to it and then I went and bought it like on paperback the second it came out because it is fantastic. I could talk about it forever, but the whole book is read by her. So normally, even though I listen to audiobooks at like one and a half or 1.75 speed, I listen to this at like a normal speed to just hear how it sounded in her words. And it just was so much, it was just such a different reading experience. And I think that it was really beneficial to hear like the author's inflection on her own words and where she took natural pauses in reading her work, um, where you make those decisions for yourself when you read a print book. Um, so I thought that was a really interesting experience and I really, really liked doing it and hearing her voice. And I've since read the book, um, and I can like kind of hear her voice, but to, I don't know, to just hear it the way the author intended and imagined it is like a really cool experience, I think, especially for books that talk about like racism and classism and like hearing your, like her experience firsthand, I think was really unique. And like I said, like I've only done that with her. And then I, I had listened to a Toni Morrison book on audio um, in read by Toni Morrison and I love Toni Morrison's voice. Um, and that was a different experience reading the book for the same reasons. Um, so I don't want to do it often because it is really heavy and it's like a whole experience you have to be really present for. But I I do recommend it. And I think that that's like one of the cool things about an audiobook that you can do. What book was that by Tony Morrison that you listened to on audio? Um, I listened to some of Sula on audio. When we read Sula, I read parts of it and then I listened to parts of it. And I mean, I read the whole thing, but then I went back and like listened to some of it on audio because it was like recommended for me. And so like hearing the way that Tony Morrison says the character characters names or the way because um oh my gosh what's her name and Sula it's like an oh um Picola are you talking about Sula or are you talking about Bluest Eye I'm sorry Bluest Eye Bluest Eye no 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 no. sorry Bluest Eye that's what I mean when we (laughs) I got my Morrison's mixed up in Bluest Eye um I wanted to say the character's name like Pecola or Pecola like she says it Picola so I wanted to say it like Pecola I don't know in my head it sounded Picola yeah, 
so like it sounds obvious once I hear her say it but just like small details like that or yeah. I don't know it's just I like I said I just fucking love Toni Morrison's voice so I'll take any excuse to listen to it but I don't know it was like a different experience um, and I think I benefited from it so I'm gonna give you a I'm gonna put you in a quandary okay so if you can listen to an infinite amount of free audiobooks but only one printed book is available to you for the rest of your life would you choose that or if all the printed books in the world are free for a lifetime but what you're allowed to read is dictated by an orwellian voice that once a month comes out the list of approved reads which one would you choose so I have some follow-up questions. <laughs> I um, came up with these. <laughs> how many approved reads do we get per month? Is it like two? Is it like it's a hundred? Say, like, say like probably like a hundred, roughly, okay. roughly, because it's every month. So it's like you know, and the, it, it changes. So like you can't read it after that month. Mm, they don't come back. It's Orwellian, man. Damn. My big brother. Sad. He's strict. Um. <laughs> um. I think I'd go with infinite amount of free audiobooks. But you can only read one printed book. I bet I know what fucking printed book you would read. <laughs> you know exactly what it. Go ahead, tell them. The Grace of Wrath. Yes. By John Steinbeck. Wait, so does that mean I get to keep all of my versions or just one printed version? I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I would do that because, okay, here's the thing. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and I don't like being told what to read and Same. like I'm a mood reader like I may really like a book but if I pick it up at the wrong time I'll fucking hate it so I can't I feel like I would never enjoy a book again because like I'd be told what to read and I wouldn't like come to it of my own like volition so I don't know plus I mean I would just like free audiobooks that's tough, but I'm going to go with that one. Yeah. I know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I can't do audiobooks. And as much as I hate Big Brother watching, I'm going to go with the Orwellian list. But hear me out. So, no. my thing is this. Say you're not allowed to read them after the month is up. What if I can still keep it in my library? I love libraries. I like keeping my mm. books. Again, it's a whole list of books that are approved, right? Uh-huh. But what if that's like a list of a hundred or something like that? And um, I'm sure you can find something on there that's like decent to read, right? You never know. And yes, I don't like to be told what to read, but uh, to never be able to read different types of words. I think if I chose my favorite book in the world and that's the only printed book that I have access to, I could grow to hate it and I would not want that for myself. Um, and like with audiobooks, like because it's so hard for me to focus, my love of reading I think would die a little. So I would suffer from the Orwellian overlords and I would read from their lists. But <clears throat> you never know. I mean, we're kind of in that situation now with the banned book shit and uh, all that stuff happening but that's definitely what I would choose (laughs) yeah I think yeah if you could keep the books like if there's a hundred you just can't reread them You know, like they have to like go and like. Because I do really like being in the presence of books. Because like, what if like they just like, once you're finished reading them, you have to like insert them into your like sealed library, and um, I'm like going way into this dystopia. (laughs) 
and it's like a sealed like a sealed library that only like the like big brother guards have access to you can't get into it so you can't re-access it but it's in your library and um just like in your audio library you have it so is it like sealed with magic or is it sealed like with a lock like are they just like out like this but i can't get them or are they like behind lock and key because that to me is like not worth having the books around behind lock and key or sealed with magic because both you can't get to if it's magic. right but like if they look like this like i would what? take this okay. over like she's referring to i have oh, a right. stack of, <laughs> she's pointing to it they can't see us Asha. i'm sorry um, <laughs> she's pointing to my stack of books that are against my wall because i don't have any bookshelves because i'm poor um <laughs> help me i'm poor <laughs> seriously if anybody wanted to donate and get me an ss bookcase i'm i'm down I'll give you my Venmo. Um, <clears throat> so you're asking, what if you can visibly see it and touch yeah. it and tan- it's tangible? Yeah, I mean, maybe not touch it, but like, if you could have just like books around you, like it's it, like it's like a clear. It, it would be behind lock and key, but it's like mm. it's like a clear. You know those clear um, yes. bookcases or whatever. So it's like no touchy, mm. no touchy, but like it's still visible. See. It's sealed. It's sealed with a magical lock and key. It's like a like a warding spell or some shit. Because there's magic in this Orwellian really? future. Writing the next great American novel here. <laughs> um, it's all about details. That's all. <laughs> so you're choosing still to have unlimited free audiobooks, and you're gonna stick with your one version of Grapes of Wrath that you could read over and over again, and you can reread these audiobooks and listen to them, but you have an unlimited amount to choose from um you're never going to be able to see another book again like you're not allowed to go over to your friend's house and be like what's your printed book like you can't like it's your book and that's it whereas like i'm choosing to let big brother give me a list what if he gives you like car part manuals he wouldn't no, he's like a he's like a he's a benevolent big brother. <laughs> he gives you a variety of genre. Yeah. <laughs> well, cause like that would be like saying, well, what if all the audiobooks are like you know, um, someone reading the back of a nutrition label? Okay, so we're assuming that in each scenario, it's there's a, a healthy amount a, of variety. Yeah, it's a variety of books. There's something for everyone. There's like one in every, you know. In that case, I think I might join you. In the aura, aura yes. world? Yes. If, if we're assuming some level of variety where it's not going to be, like, one Honestly, type of thing forever. What we could do is we could create a rebellion. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we could just all band together and figure out how to break the locks and the seals and and anybody around you like if say they pick a different book for their month you can have like an underground book club yes <laughs> an underground book club for resistance <laughs> it's like the book thief but future without the angel of death yeah um, um i don't want to i don't want to die for that <laughs> Um, I love yeah, so I so I think that yes, in that case, if that's what we're assuming, I would also go with the physical books. But what? <laughs> There's more. There's more. What if never, not once, not even a whisper on these lists of approved is the grapes of wrath? Uh, <laughs> why you do this? <laughs> because it's a cruel, cruel world. Would you accept that? Whereas you're guaranteed, this, you're guaranteed the Grapes of Wrath with the other one. In this world, have I already read Grapes of Wrath? Or this is a world in which I will never experience it. Mm. <laughs> I 
<laughs> so in the weeds. <laughs> because if I don't know what I'm missing... You've experienced it. Oh. You have to know pain. You're so mean. <laughs> You're meaner than Big Brother. At least he gives me a variety of choices. Okay, if that's true, then there's no Jane Austen. That's okay. <gasps> I'm shocked at you. Well, it's not that there's not Jane Austen. I'm just You saying. don't get to read Jane Austen. It's not on the list? It's not on the list. I've read her once. Big Brother hates Jane Austen. All right, well, I've read her <laughs> once. Like, at least I can say that. Like, I don't reread books as much, so... Mm-hmm. Right, I'll survive. True. Gloria yeah. Gaynor, bitch. Yeah, I am a rereader. I am a rereader. Wow. All right, well, you might need to think about this more off pod. Maybe this I'll, uh, I'll come back to quandary it. right now. I'm so glad. If anybody's listening that actually wants to talk to us. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I'm sure there are people listening that, like, think we're not horrible. Um, no, seriously, if you could, anybody out there just listening, if you could live in a world, starting now, so you're an adult or child or whatever you are. Um, Hello, yeah. children listening. <laughs> right. Where <laughs> uh, <clears throat> you have unlimited access to all the free audiobooks you can get, but you can only read the... Uh, <clears throat> the printed version of one book for the rest of your life? Or can you live in a world where there are specific lists that are dictated every month on what you can read and choose from, but you can never reread those books and you can't choose what is on that list? Which world would you choose to live in? So, well, uh... We've got our answers, although I think Ashton... I'm set in my choice, but Ashton... That's stressing. <laughs> she, it's a real... It's a real this quandary really... It's got me. <laughs> got me by I'm, the throat. I'm a rereader. I'm in the middle of a Harry Potter reread. I reread Grapes of Wrath every year. I reread spooky books at Halloween. Like, that's a big part of who I am as a reader, I feel like. That would be, like, stripped away from me. Along with, like, my choices in this Big Brother world. World. This is probably in this kind of future the least of my worries. <laughs> I, don't know. Um, I haven't thought that far ahead yet. Um, I mean, um, I don't. I'm like at a like I'm. A, it's a draw. I, I, I really made you upset. I'm really sorry. No, I'm just like thinking. She's like, like she's like got her hands on her hips over here. I'm thinking like gun to my head. I think. Allie did not put an imaginary gun to my head, but if she had, I think I would go with the free audiobooks. Yeah. I gotta be able to. That's just more your style. I feel like it's more my style, and, you know, I think it would be worth it to not be under, like, Orwellian dictator control. I never said the whole, like, government. It's just the reading. You never know. All right, well, we're not gonna. Okay, my final answer is audiobooks. All right, that's your final Final answer. answer, Thanks, Bob. All right. (laughs) Bob! Wrong game show host. Which I said Alex. Like Trebek. Oh, isn't that Jeopardy? Yes. <laughs> Is there a final answer button in Jeopardy? Probably. I don't know. My mom watched that. I think that's the one where you have to like answer in the form of a question. That is, but I can't remember if they ask it. Is it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's my final answer. <laughs> is it an oppressive Orwellian government, Bob? <laughs> For <What> 300. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Um... So, to kind of wrap up after that um, wonderfully intelligent discussion. Very stimulating. (laughs) Stimulating. (laughs) Putting you in a quandary is my favorite pastime. Um, So, we're going to talk a little bit, not long, about uh, our TBRs. We like to end with that. And um, 
We're going to talk about a little bit about what's coming out in 2022 that we're really excited to read. Yes, it is May 2022. We know this year has happened already. But, um, but not all of it. But not all of it. And we're approaching the summer seasons, which a lot of books are released during the summer. And um, the fall is like, I feel like, I personally feel like the fall is when like the big hitters are kind of released. Um, so what are you looking for forward to being released this uh, upcoming summer and fall? I, so this one was actually just released, Book Lovers by Emily Henry. She also did Beach Read. Yeah, and The People We Meet on Vacation. Yes, and The People We Meet on Vacation. I have Beach Read, but I haven't read it. I was going to take it to the beach, but I thought it would be a little too on the nose. But I still do want to read it. Um, And her new, like, meet cute is about, like people who love to read and so I think that that'll be a fun one and I've heard really good things about the advanced copies so I heard it's her best one yet okay I'm excited about that then because I think it was beach read first and then vacation and this okay so I have beach read so maybe I just need to start um again I'm a mood reader and I picked it up once and I was like oh I can't do this right now it was like too sickly sweet but when I'm in the mood for that I will pick yeah I heard that uh she's definitely like reforming formatting whatever you want to say uh the romance genre mm-hmm. um i have not picked it up maybe i will someday i did get it as a gift for someone that i know would like it. be treated yeah i got it as a gift for someone that i know would enjoy it because <laughs> she likes that kind of cheesy shit um i do like cheesy shit every now and then i'm not heartless all the time <laughs> um but i am personally looking and i will go absolutely ape shit over this and like i'm one of those people that like i'm not good at contemporary and it's worked out well for me so far not because like i'm not up to date with things but because then i don't have to like wait for pre-orders and like i don't have to spend like thousands of dollars you don't spend thousands of dollars of books that's exaggeration um oh, on like hard covers and like i like to wait until the soft cover comes out paperback <laughs> been a long night um and i just i think i'm gonna have to get this right when it comes out i mean like i'm still online for a book that came out this year came out in like january i'm like number like 163 in the library for a book so i hate getting books once they just came out but anyway the suspense is killing you i know it's killing me i can't wait for hellbent by lee bardugo so this is the second book to ninth house and i've talked about ninth house in a previous episode don't don't ask me which one i don't know it's all a blur but um hellbent is picking up right where ninth house left off and it left off on such a freaking cliffhanger i am so so excited this was a book that i was happily surprised on how much i liked it because i was recommended it by a couple people um because i really like that dark academia type vibe um you know and that elitist um rich people that i'm not a part of um But I was very hesitant because, you know, I'm too cool for school. And anytime something's very popular in the book world, I tend to be hesitant because I'm one of those people that I root for the underdog. I try and pay attention to the books that don't get as much love. Um, I also just, I don't like to read what everybody else is reading. I know that sounds really annoying, but it's true because it's like, no offense, but because I'm such an intense reader um, and I have such weird standards with reading and writing, uh, I I don't like to read what, (laughs) this sounds so terrible. 
terrible. I don't even know if I want to say it. The average reader likes to read, um, you know, the general stuff. Like, I've been burned before, and, like, I've always tried to keep an open mind. But, like, you know, for example, that one book uh, by Lisa Jewell, like, she's popular. Everybody is like, oh, my gosh, she's so great. Like, I love her writing. I love her style. I hated it. And it was not because she wasn't fabulous or anything like that. It was because it was very predictable. And it's like, you know, those type of books that are commercialized, I just, I tend to not enjoy them because they don't challenge me. And I'm not saying books have to be challenging. Um, just like, you know, my philosophy on audiobooks, it's just not for me. So I was, long story short, happily surprised to the point where I learned that there was going to be a sequel. And then I, like, recently learned she announced the title and then they showed the cover. Really, uh, I'm like, I was <laughs> like, now. oh, I, and I'm not normally like that. I'm not up to date with anything. I live in a hobbit hole. So I was just like, I'm ready. I'm fucking ready. And um, when this book comes out, I will be um, unavailable to the world for like a solid week because I'll probably blow through this book like in a day or so. I'll probably like just ignore all responsibilities, but um, I will probably need time to recover after that, knowing that I just got the sequel. And if there's this third and I have to wait another two years, like that's another reason why I can't do this stuff. You know, I, I can't, I don't have the capacity. I really suck at that with TV. Like, don't even get me started on fucking Bridgerton and all that stuff. Like, I try not to think about how much I need seasons to come faster than they actually do. And I'm just really mad that we don't have the um, scientific developments of teleportation into the future so I can have all that right at my fingertips. Yet. Um... But I digress. Anyway, uh, but also, um, not a book that was released in 2022, but something that anybody can read with us if they like to, because next month, June, we have, again, our book club. In case you haven't noticed, we've been doing it every other month on the even numbers. Um, We're going to be reading Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas by Hunter S. Thompson. So we chose this book because uh, we were trying to go off the Rory Gilmore reading challenge, <laughs> which is like 408 books that were mentioned in the in the seven seasons plus the revival. And we're going through this whole list and we picked like random alphabet like letters to like look to choose from. Um, and some of it just seems so freaking boring. So <laughs> we tried to go a little bit out of the box for us. Uh, so I think we did. We chose Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas by Hunter S. Thompson. And a little synopsis. Uh, follow the drug-soaked chronicles of celebrated gonzo journalist Hunter S. Thompson in his most famous book about his, quote, true adventures on a road trip to Las Vegas. And I know that gonzo journalism is very controversial at least when I was studying journalism in undergrad, it was very controversial. So we'll uh, we'll read it and get back to you if you want to read with us. Um, and then watch the Johnny Depp movie. Ah, unless you're against Johnny I know. He's like in the news and stuff. I don't pay attention to that shit. Yeah. It's not my He's business. on trial. I will say I am on his side in the trial. But that's oh, beside the point. She's gone That's a pop culture topic for perhaps next month yeah, when we, we discuss the book. We but. probably also should start talking more about pop culture. I bet you guys are done with this bookworm shit. Um, <laughs> sorry! Not sorry. Um, but anyway, um, 
be sure to follow more of our bookish antics on our book Instagram accounts at there's ink on my hands all one word and grapes underscore of underscore ash um, share this razzle frat podcast with friends lovers even your enemies um, because just just do it just do it um, share the wealth of this gem of a pod and uh, feel free to leave a review or comment on either Apple Podcasts, and I think Spotify lets you comment too now, and review. Um, reviews help. We have, like, a couple reviews. No comments, um, which I'm okay with because I'm scared of comments. Yeah. But if you're nice, leave us yeah, one. Leave us um, comments. We, we love them. Yeah, and you want to talk to us. Hi. So um, come for the books. Stay for the coffee-fueled conversation. And now we shall bid adieu to you. That's Razzle Frat.